My name is Bill Roberts, and this is another in this series of cart.ca podcasts. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, Jeffrey Orridge, CEO of TV Ontario. For those listeners unfamiliar with TV Ontario, or simply TVO as, as I refer to it, it's a publicly funded English language educational television and media entity serving Ontario and Ontarians. It reports to the Ontario Legislature through the Minister of Education, and unlike the CBC or Radio-Canada, it has taken a non-commercial and commercial-free approach, more akin to, I'd say, PBS in the United States or NPR in the United States, or frankly, uh, CBC Radio for that matter. TVO airs an excellent mixture of original children's programs, uh, documentaries, scripted dramas, public affairs programs. Many folks might recognize the flagship program, The Agenda, with my old squash buddy, pal Steve Pakin. And uh, for full transparency, once upon a time back in the Jurassic Age, I was managing director of TV Ontario. So wonderful to have you on the podcast, Jeffrey. Was my brief description of TV Ontario fairly accurate? Yeah, it was very accurate, Bill. Um, and it's interesting because um, there's so much more to TVO. Uh, it's got a 51-year-old history and most people have come to know and define TVO as, as the broadcaster that you mentioned of, of quality on-air content. But we're really no longer TV Ontario. We're really TVO. And, and, and the name change is significant because um, we do so much more than just broadcast. You know, we have TVO Kids for children two to eight years old that prepares them for school and for life with programs delivered through a series of online videos and games and fun activities, not just on TV, but via the internet. I mean, we even have a YouTube channel dedicated to that. We also work to support the Ontario curriculum, working with Ontario educators, uh, helping to develop online courses for grades K through 12, delivered through you know technology, um, learning activities. We have math tutoring and math games, for example, that are online. Um, we've got a, a virtual learning um, environment that we've created. And we're also introducing financial literacy and coding as well online. Uh, we have an independent learning center known as the ILC. Um, it's an online high school where students of all ages and from all walks of life can earn high school credits and their high school diploma through independent learning courses. And in addition to bringing all those learning experiences um, that are that are you know curriculum oriented and, and curriculum based, you know it's it's our general learning experiences through socioeconomic and and civic issues, which you mentioned through our current affairs and our journalism and our documentaries and podcasts like yours. So so we're more than just a a, a, a broadcaster. Uh, much more. And it's funny because when uh, people called and, and congratulated me on, on taking this job, 90% of them were familiar with TVO, but only 10% of them knew the scope, breadth, and depth of what we actually did. So, um, so we, you know, it, it's a really compelling proposition. Well, in our conversation today, Jeffrey, we're going to touch upon a little bit more depth, some of those uh, items you mentioned about TVO's job today. But um, tell me, why did you take the job and how long have you been on this job? So, you know, I've been on the job for a little less than a year. Um, why I took it? You know, there's so many reasons, Bill, but, you know, TVO is a purpose-driven organization and it has the potential to create, to continue to create so much more social impact. 
I've held leadership positions in sports and entertainment, technology and media and not-for-profit organizations. But with all of them, I've been involved in some aspect of a social concern. So the opportunity to take my 25 plus years of experience and apply it to continuing to make a difference was, was really kind of important to me. I love building brands and businesses and teams and the potential that TVO has to grow its audiences and increase its relevance and deepen its relationships with all communities on in Ontario is tremendous. And I want to be able to contribute to that. You know, we, uh, we've just completed uh, a new strategic plan, which will set the, the, the direction for the next several years of, of TVO. And we're in the, in the midst of a digital transformation, like, like most organizations, um, not just in Ontario or Canada, but around the globe. So to be part of something new and exciting and the opportunity to contribute to that, um, that's primarily why I took the job. You know, what, what better combination of things? Um, and besides, you know, in, in Canada, I've worked for some of the country's most iconic brands, CBC, the CFL, Canadian Tire. And now TVO. I mean, how much more Canadian can it get from someone who wasn't even born in Canada? <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll get to your birth country shortly. Um, when, when you walk through the door at TVO, there you were, first day CEO, or maybe it was the first week CEO. Was there anything that stood out about, about TVO for you, kind of when you know, reality hit the pavement? Yeah. You know what? What was really interesting, once again, is, and of course, taking the job in the middle of a pandemic, you're not able to meet a whole lot of people face to face, you know, and our 300 plus employees, um, although I tried to make the rounds as, as much as possible virtually and meet with over 300 of them in the first three weeks, there is a, a difference when you have a, a two-dimensional rapport with someone as opposed to face-to-face. To -face. But one thing that resonated with me, um, and that was virtually everybody there was there because it has a purpose. They were purpose-driven. They felt as though they could make a difference um, by being at TVO. You know, the educational component, Absolutely. us being a, yeah. a, a digital learning organization really resonated with them. And the fact that they knew that they could affect the trajectory of somebody's life right. um, was really important. And that was what resonated most with me, that, you know, there was a single mindedness of purpose there, you know, and that that I think was the unifying um, force behind the people who work at TVO. Now, speaking of being purpose-driven and uh, directing someone's life, I, I, I heard that your two -year, well, your then two-year-old son played a kind of channel preset role with regard to your attachment to TVO <laughs> before you signed on. Uh, can, you, can you tell us a little bit like about that and how you were directed by that youngster to, uh, you know, watch Pokeroo, Dad? <laughs> well, you know, what's, what's interesting is, is uh, my wife and I uh, and my then two-year-old, came to uh, Canada, Toronto in 2007. And I was, uh, I was the CE COO of Right to Play International. 70% of my time was spent traveling around the world and, you know, in the 20 odd projects that we had around the world. And I wasn't home a whole lot. My wife is not Canadian. She's from Seattle. And then, you know, I brought her from LA. So we really didn't have that much familiarity with what to do with a two-year-old or a three-year-old or a four-year-old. But what we found with TVO was kind of a safe space to put him in front of. 
it was entertaining, it was engaging, it was educational, and you have a tendency to love whatever your kids love, right? Right, or so, else. <laughs> um, so that was kind of our first introduction to TVO, right. you know, it's through TVO Kids. But also at the time, you know, when I come home in the evening, it was a preset channel back in those days. And so whatever the channel you turned off was the same channel that came back on when you turned it on in the evening. So, you know, we were able to see documentaries and, and current affairs programming on TVO. And it really gave us kind of an insight and a lens to um, life in Ontario right. because we were newcomers here. Right. Um, and so that gave us a different perspective. So. You know, that was my first introduction to TVO and, and of course, a, a fond affinity for it. And, you know, it's funny how the world works. I went from being a spectator to now being a participant at, at TVO, you know, 14 years later. Good, good karma. Well, you mentioned Right to Play and you've done, Jeffrey, you've done some really amazing things and chalked up a whole whack of firsts. Uh, the first African-American chief executive of a major North American sports league are our much cherished CFL. And uh, I guess earlier in your career, uh, you served as chief operating officer of Right to Play, as you said, but uh, you were also an executive director at the CBC, which you touched on. And how did the CFL, Right to Play, and the CBC, maybe even Canadian Tire, shape your approach to TV Ontario? Were there, were there obviously transferable skills there? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, in and. You know, I, I think one of the, the seminal points in my career is when I uh, stopped becoming a corporate lawyer and took the job as the first general counsel for USA Basketball. That was the first dream team with Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. And uh, so I was hired then, then in 1991 to, uh, to help help that along, you know, and be responsible for marketing and licensing and, and, uh, and helping put the commercial aspects of the dream team together. And I think that was kind of the, my first leadership position really outside of being a corporate lawyer. But I think all those experiences are, are either a gift and opportunity or learning. And I think some of the things that I learned is, you know, you've got to surround yourself with really smart, talented people because nobody who does anything of any significance can do it by themselves. Right. I think, you know, having a growth mindset in addition to having a, a, an IQ. And of course we now talk about EQ, that emotional quotient. Um, I think also you've got to have the AQ, um, which I've heard about, which is an adaptability quotient, right? And that's right. really important. The ability to ad adapt and adjust and be flexible and be able to pivot. Um, I think problem-solving skills that, that I learned in law school, um, starting there. Approachability is important, uh, empathy, and being decisive, but also making sure that you make ethical decisions. Mm -hmm. And I think being a good communicator is important. Clarity sure. and, and conviction and commitment, because that's how you engender people's trust. And that's how people follow you. Um, because they understand you're there to serve, right, 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 as well as lead. So I think it's it's that myriad of 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 attributes that I've acquired over the course of time. Um, I cer certainly didn't start out like that right. in my 20s, but now I, I think I've I've gotten most of them down. Now I don't want to miss one thing. Uh, there was something we haven't touched on, and that is before becoming CEO of TV Ontario or TVO. And just after the CFL commissioner role, you were involved with Tidal Gaming, uh, the Canadian esports outfit. And I think you were chairman. 
entitled right. gaming was looking to meld the best practices of traditional sports with gaming. So two little questions there. Uh, how was that digital experience for you with, with title gaming? And, and what did that experience add to your playbook in, in taking over the helmet TVO? Yeah, you know, great question. And, uh, and the experience with title was, was invaluable. Um, I've been involved in technology for a, a long time. I, I had been back in 1999, I was the CEO of a, uh, at the time it was called a dot-com company, um, before its implosion. Um, but I had always been interested in technology and, and digital aspects of it because it, to me, you know, digital means, uh, borderless and it allows for incredible community building across geographies and cultures and backgrounds. And one of the thing about things about esports is that, uh, that there's so many people involved in it. You know, when we did the research, I'd say a quarter of the world's population, um, has had some interaction with esports. And what it does is, is you can create immersive experiences online and, uh, and build those communities. And so I think, you know, a TVO, um, you know, really becoming, um, digital first, it, it allows us to, to provide engaging, immersive learning experiences that are relevant to the end user. And then that in turn, creates other um, communities right. and communities upon communities. So I think that's, that's kind of, you know, the, the basis of, of, of digital application. That's the key benefit to create these communities that you maybe could not access and, and, and people, um, you know, discover common bonds and, and, and connections um, with, with shared, shared goals, experiences and shared likes. Right. Um, so I, I think that's what it taught me. Well, I, you know, I know this is supposed to be about TVO and your CEO ship of TVO, but, uh, I'm a sports nut, so, uh, I can't resist. So one, <laughs> one little supplementary here, uh, wh what do you think about this melding of traditional sports with gaming and, and what will it look like in the long term? You know, I, I think it's already melded. I mean, if you think about um, what has happened with traditional sports and their active participation in creating and licensing um, uh, uh, aug augmentations, virtual reality augmentations of the game itself, you look at NBA 2K or, um, or, or NHL um, with EA Sports, um, it is a natural extension. And for people who um, are either not familiar with the traditional sport, with the NBA, um, that next generation of fans, they're able to get them in really early on and expose them to the game and the rules and the personalities um, virtually. And so it's, it's a natural extension of what traditional sports is. And so, you know, I, I applaud the leagues and, and, and all these sports for taking advantage of that opportunity to, to grow their brand um, in a virtual way. And I think ultimately, you know, what you're, what you're able to see now is, and I think it started, you know, years and years ago where you could use uh, multiple screens. You could see the live action going on, but you also had the statistics of the players um, also embedded in the screen, you know, the screen on screen, uh, screen in screen activation. So um, I think it's been coming all along. 
I think it, we will continue to see that blend of um, of on of of reality um, and and the virtual world in sports. Because after all, at the end of the day, sports is entertainment, right? right. And so, whatever different platforms can be accessed to create an immersive experience. That's what's being. That's what's happening right now. And, and technology is, is has has allowed people to do that. You can now sit um, in the luxury or comfort of your home, and you don't have to necessarily go to an arena or a stadium um, to enjoy um, not only your surround sound and big screen experience, but but you can you know you can live the experience by taking on a personality or a persona as a player within the game. So, you know, it gets you once again from being a, a, a pure spectator to a participant in, in, in sport. All right. Well, let's go back to TVO for, for, for a bit. Um, we're doing this cart.ca podcast by telephone uh, because of COVID-19, the pandemic. And from what I've seen, uh, through this pandemic, TVO has done a literal, a tremendous, a wonderful job of stepping into the pandemic uh, breach in this time. It's well, not just just this time; it's an unprecedented time. So you've been TVO has been great for teachers, great for students. You referenced this at the beginning. You know, parents by providing resources, tools, learning across your digital TVO kids, current affairs platforms. In fact, I I think I've I've I, this is an accurate statement that. All TVO's kids' programming is curriculum-related, so I mean that's just fantastic. Can you can you highlight some of the things that you've done to help out Ontario students, uh, to help our, our kids stay the course no matter what the COVID challenges are? I'm thinking, for example, you know, TVO Mathify, for example. You know, I, I really appreciate um, the the uh, your comments um, because I think the team at TVO has done an outstanding job during this. Um, we've got an expanded mandate uh, with the Ministry of Education, and uh, and and we're focused. You know, we've always been focused on on education and uh, and and remote learning. That's been part of the tenets of of the uh, of the original act upon which TVO was founded. In addition to communications, but specifically, you know, what we've been able to do is we offer Mathify, as you mentioned, and that's an offering. It's free one-on-one tutoring uh, in math grades six to twelve with Ontario certified teachers. So if you're having difficulty, you know, you can go online and access a, a tutor to to answer a question, and that's free. Um, Power Hour of Learning, which we instituted last year, last spring, um, which is an on-air broadcast as well as as you know the ability to stream it on online on TVOKids.com, um, and we've also got you know our own YouTube channel. But the Power Hour of Learning was developed and delivered by educators from grades for grades one through six, and essentially, you know, when kids were home. Um, and watching television, um, they were courses or classes being taught by teachers on problem solving, you know, whether it's math or, or language skills. So, um, you know, I, I think we've done a, a pretty good job in terms of being able to provide curriculum-based learning um, as well as curriculum-related learning right. uh, that's, you know, in the classroom and outside of the classroom, but particularly in support 
of of learners when they were not able to to be in school. So right, and another thing I I think we should touch on at least is uh, one of the pretty cool things that TVO has done recently is TVO's Ontario hubs. Uh, yeah, this is the approach to you know local you know journalism, and you've got four regional offices. How how has the you know how have the TVO Ontario hubs done during this pandemic? It's been hugely, hugely successful, you know, and I have to, I have to take this opportunity to, uh, to thank, um, Barry Green and, uh, and his family for the support of, uh, of Ontario hubs. And, and what it has allowed us to do is to get into the communities, um, that normally whose voices are not normally heard. Um, and in issues that not only matter to those communities, whether they be rural or indigenous communities, but, but issues that matter to all of us because the things that affect one of us affect all of us. So it's, it's been going extraordinarily well. We've been able to not elevate, not only elevate the voices within those communities and, and bring profile and prominence to, to those issues, but also raise people's consciousness about what's happening. Um, and things that are not covered. I think the, the beauty of TVO from a journalistic standpoint is it fills the gaps. You know, it, yep. it, it, we focus on things and, and, and cover issues that, that most other commercial media organizations do not. Um, we're not just in, in, in urban hubs. Um, we've been able to, to, uh, embed ourselves in the communities in, in, in rural Ontario as well, and, and be geographically um, dispersed as a result of it. So, you know, it, it's, it's been going incredibly well, um, great feedback, and obviously, you know, much needed, especially in these days um, where, you know, people have, uh, we're in the information age, and so we have an obligation to make sure we disseminate as much information as possible and elevate voices and, and represent people who are historically um, either overlooked or underserviced or and underserved. Understood. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Um, some months ago, Jeffrey, it might have been a year or so ago, I, I don't recall exactly, but I heard talk of possibly privatizing TVO's Independent Learning Center, the ILC. Uh, I was told there was a consultant's report, and I'm not, it's not a value judgment on my part or anybody's part if it may or may not be a good idea to look at, at you know, new revenue generating opportunities like that. But is that true? And, and if so, is there any update on that? You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because there are no plans that I'm aware of to privatize the Independent Learning Center. Uh, the ILC offers independent learning opportunities at a nominal cost to students, um, which the Ontario government effectively subsidizes. You know, and I think the reality is that I believe the government is looking to achieve equity across the province in terms of quality online courses. It's really all about equal access to high quality online learning, and TVO is a big part of that. You know, remote learning is one of the original mandates, as I mentioned before, yeah. for TVO. Um, in the Ontario Education and Communications Act. And I think going forward, you know, TVO is going to continue to prioritize its efforts to connect with those underserviced communities, making them more aware of our premium educational content and, and once again, elevating their voices on issues that matter. So, 
No, in terms of the ILC, we're going to continue to do what what we do. Um, we are, you know, continuing to build premium educational content. And the other key driver for me is, you know, I've always believed that that education is the great equalizer, right. um, or or it can be. And I think that is more important than anything else, particularly these days. And it's not just for for school age children; it's for people of all ages, giving them the opportunity to to um, reskill, um, giving them you know some, some providing them with with basic fundamentals um, that they may or may not. Uh, have had access before to better prepare them for the next opportunity for opportunities for future employment right. as well as as well as the present yeah well that's great to hear uh, I mean the independent learning center is I think still the largest online high school in the province so it's, it's it is impressive now you know given the times and given what we see in papers and given our most recent national, uh, you know, day of remembrance and seeking truth and reconciliation. Um, is there a, is there a special enhanced or some additional support through the ILC for indigenous students? You know, um, that is a focus in our new strategic plan going okay. forward. Um, focusing on, uh, the indigenous population as well as rural communities and, uh, and those communities, um, that are outside of, uh, of the, you know, of urban hubs. In addition to that, we're going to, uh, be very targeted and deliberate, um, in addressing and connecting the needs of low income, uh, communities as well as New Canadians and, and, and racialized Canadians, in addition to uh, the indigenous population. So that is a that's a, a, a focus of ours. That is what we believe uh, an imperative going forward. So we're going to continue to kind of double down on what we've been doing with uh, with with the indigenous population. Um, not only you know providing the the educational resources, but but elevating their voices, it's similar to what we're doing with Ontario Hubs. Um, but the idea is, once again, um, focusing on and targeting, being very intentional about connecting with um, the historically underserviced and overlooked populations, and you know, particularly the Indigenous um, population in, in Ontario. Okay. So yes, long answer to to a short question. Absolutely, that is a priority for us. Now, in terms of the big picture and your your term as CEO, do you see within your term a near future where uh, such a premium online learning system for students can be well, literally in every Ontario community and the community defined as both a geographic community and a social community? Yeah, that's that's the hope. That's the intention. I mean, although we are really just responsible for providing that uh, that premium content, and there are other organizations that are um, focused on uh, broadband connectivity, um, making sure that that uh, the majority of people have devices to access um, online learning and, and remote learning. Um, that's that's not our purview. Um, but the idea is if we provide the content and we increase our delivery systems through technology, whether it be with, you know, um, over the top applications or, 
other apps. I mean, we're currently working with Roku right now where you can um, access, you know, there, there are 2,100 assets that the TVO has. It's not just education based, but it's education related. And we've got documentaries that, that, uh, that have been in the vault for a while, but it's, it's, you know, increasing use of, of mobility platforms for us. Um, it is, uh, OTT apps. Um, it's really trying to meet people where they are, you know, everything is on demand right now. And, and the internet allows, you know, fuller access to, to more people. Unfortunately, um, not everybody currently has access to 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 broadband and, and has those devices, but hopefully, you know, the 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 accelerated pace of change is going to be even more accelerated, well, and and it's going to be more affordable, and there are going to be more opportunities for for people to be able to access the content that the TVO um, is able to to produce. I mean, we work with with um, certified educators. Right to create this curriculum-based content yep. as well as um, curriculum-oriented. Well, uh, Jeffrey, you, your aspirations have my vote. You know, I understand, Bill. It, it, it can be a tall order, yeah. and the strategic plan is is very ambitious yeah. and very bold. But you know, I once heard that that nobody rises to low expectations, <laughs> and um, and and the other thing is that people don't don't necessarily. Um, not achieve because they shoot too high and miss. The problem is they shoot too low and they hit the target. Yeah, right. <laughs> they kind of settle for mediocrity. Um, TVO has never been 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 you know subject to that. We've always um, focused on excellence and and trying to exceed the goals that 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 we set previously. So yep. we're just going to continue to do that. And that's the other thing that's so exciting about me being involved in an organization like this, where we're in the midst of a digital transformation. Yep. Speaking of excellence, Jeffrey, uh, I think it's fair to say that currently there seems to be an assault on, on real journalism, solid journalism and, and independent journalism. A lot of the pundits out there and uh, experts say that those are real threats to our civil society. I think we I've seen someone testify on regarding Facebook at Congress recently, you know, fake news, internet trolls, et cetera. But right. TVO's The Agenda, in my view anyway, stands out as a really bright, incredible beacon to the contrary. It's, I've often thought of, of The Agenda as the beating heart of TV Ontario. Uh, do, you have, do you have plans as CEO to... Do you have plan? <laughs> Do you have plans uh, to build on or branch out from that achievement, the agenda? Yeah, you know what? We're, we're always um, innovating when it comes to programming. Uh, and TVO has always prided itself on being an independent voice of, of journalism and focusing on issues that we feel matter most to Ontarians and what Ontarians have told us matter most to them. So we're going to continue to be people-focused as well as solution oriented in in our discourse, I think this fall you'll you'll see something that's that's innovative and bringing even more diverse voices to the fore um, because that's what's important. We want to elevate those voices. We want to to hear from people um, who these issues matter to, yeah. right? And yeah. and not everybody has to be the authority. 
Um, but, you know, people from the community have authoritative voices. Okay. And so we want to continue to highlight that. So you'll see different iterations of that. But independent journalism is is you're absolutely right. That's one of the strong points of, of TVO. Right. And TVO's award-winning children's programming, any plans there? Oh, yeah, we've got so much exciting new programming on the horizon. So it, it's really difficult to to go through the list. And I also don't want to do any spoilers. But, you know, in October, for example, there's a new season of All Around Champion, which is kind of a sports competition series. And then, you know, a favorite called The Odd Squad. Um, so we've got things like that. But, you know, once again, I think the children's programming is going to reflect the uh, the the the, the makeup of Ontario. You know, we've always done a pretty good job of that. But diversity of experience, diversity of background, diversity of voices is going to continue to be highlighted and emphasized in, in our children's programming. We live in a different world right now, right? And and Ontario in particular um, is, is a place where there's so many different people um, from different backgrounds, and it needs to be not just respected, but celebrated and and, and profiled. And we're going to continue to do that okay. um, and okay. reflect uh, the people, not only our, our consumers of the content, not only our audiences, not only the students, but, but also the creators of that content. So we're going to be focused on doing more work with, with a diversity of, of, of creators. Okay. You've talked to, or you've referenced uh, a new strategic plan, and you've talked a little bit about uh, about plans without giving too much away. Um, so some of the specifics are there, but let's come back to it in a different way. What about what? What are your overall? What's your overall personal vision for TVO, and what has what has been done well and warrants keeping in your view as CEO or building on, and and what needs in your view as a CEO to be different and to change? Yeah, really good question. Um, let me give it some thought. Um, I think first, you know, the vision, um, which we all share at TVO, um, is to inspire learning that changes lives and enriches communities. I mean, at the at the end of the day, it's the learning that uh, that that helps people in a material way to be able to change the trajectory of their lives. Right? It either expands their view. Um, uh, broadens their their um, opportunities, um, increases their their awareness, um, and builds on their education. And as a result of that, when the individual is elevated, then then the community in which that individual lives is necessarily raised. And the more people we're able to to affect like that and and, and impact like that. Um, the better off we'll be. So I think that's important. I think the other aspect is, you know, as I mentioned, we're in a, um, a phase of digital transformation. So to be recognized globally as, as, a, as a preeminent premier learning organization is something that's, that's very important. I think that, you know, although we are a multimedia um, platform, um, and we use that. We use that to to create immersive um, learning experiences um, that connect communities, right? I mean, ultimately, we want to be a community connector. Yep. We want to be a community builder. We want to connect communities to TVO and connect communities to each other. 
Um, and we would do that, continue to do that through premium content um, and, and, you know, quality content um, and quality production like we've always done. And so we'll build on that and we'll use more technology and innovative technology to uh, make sure we're more accessible to more people. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to uh, broaden our audiences. We want to um, increase our relevance. We want to deepen our relationships with, with, with our end users, the students, the, the learners, the stakeholders, um, uh, the relationships we have. And then, you know, ideally, we, those things will, will lead to a generation of, of more revenue because although we are government subsidized, we still rely very heavily on private donations. Yep. And we're, and we're very grateful to that and, and, and the support we receive from, from private individuals as, as well as foundations to help us do what we do. We know more today than we did yesterday. So, because we, we know better, we can do better. And that's ultimately my vision, right? Because we know better, we can do better. And the more we learn, we're a learning organization. So we're learning within ourselves as well. Yeah. You know, and the, the idea of discovery and testing and learning um, and making sure that we are, that we are end user centric, right? That, that we're user centric, that we're customer focused. That's what's important. So it's not what we think. It's, it's what the people we serve think. Right. One of one of the the nice quotes I found, uh, I think it comes from back in December of 2020. There's a quote associated with you. Apparently, you said, and I'll just read it here. What we will endeavor to do is focus our efforts on positioning TVO as the central repository for online premium educational products. End of quote. And I that kind of got me thinking. I mean, uh, and you mentioned it in this response just now that. Maybe you're thinking about more than just Ontario. You reference global, and uh, I know that TVO has a very uh, solid legacy of profitably uh, selling uh, content into the United States. I think at one time, every state in the United States was buying TVO content. Is that part of your vision, being an international player? Well, I think, you know, being globally recognized, um, you know, Ontario is globally recognized for, uh, for its premier educational system. And it doesn't mean that they operate outside of Ontario. Um, the, the Finns are a perfect example of that. Their educational system is globally recognized. Um, so to be globally recognized, it really means having that reputation that goes beyond our borders for being excellent at what we do. That's the first thing. I think the second thing is, although we are primarily focused on Ontarians, we are focused on creating premium educational products through the ILC, which we are able to export. We've exported in the past, you know, whether it be in the United States, but you know, we, we continue to have a focus on, on Asia and, and, and South America as well. Yep. Um, countries that, that do um, have an interest in, uh, in seeking Canada's um, expertise and specifically TVO's premium um, educational content. Right. So we're going to continue to try to grow that, that side of the, uh, of the portfolio um, and continue to export, you know, premium educational products for, because, you know, if we're able to, to help some that obviously in turn helps all. Yeah. Well, why don't we stay on the international 
uh, vein for a little moment. Uh, I, I think just about everywhere on the planet Earth, uh, public broadcasting is literally embattled. It, in, in your birth country, Jeffrey, uh, former President uh, Trump proposed a complete elimination of federal funding for PBS television. In France today, President Macron is requesting a $400 million budget cut to public broadcasting in France by, by next year, 2022. Even Denmark, uh, counter, counterintuitive for me anyway, but even Denmark has ended its mandatory fee funding for public broadcasting. Did, did you have any qualms coming into this job about the kind of the trend, the political fiscal challenge out there when you took the TVO job? Um, frankly, no. Okay. Um, you know, TVO's, TVO has a unique value proposition. Um, we fill the gaps. Um, we do things that, that, that others don't. Um, we are education focused. Um, we're youth focused. We have a, uh, we're very intentional about highlighting, uh, a diversity of backgrounds and experiences and voices. We are focused on community building. Um, we, um, have a multi, uh, media platform uh, coupled with um, world-class uh, educators. Um, so there are other organizations that do employ world-class educators. There are other organizations that are that are world-class media outlets. I don't think that there are many that have the combination that we do. Um, both, you know, the the multimedia platforms as well as um, as well as world-class educators okay. involved. So I think we are unique in that way. We provide services that no one else does, that the commercial broadcasters do not. You mentioned journalism earlier. Um, you know, TVO has always been and will remain a trusted source of information um, in a world where there's a lot of distrust out there. Yeah. So I think our value proposition is pretty sound. Uh, there are not many people who would argue that, that youth education is important or that education and learning is important. I don't think there are many people who would argue against diversity of thought and, and experience and, and highlighting that. I don't think there are many people who would argue that, that, uh, that uh, being independent um, is 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 a bad thing, and and being able to um, elevate voices is a bad thing. So there may be some detractors, but I think in general um, there's a groundswell of support. Um, right. Who argues against the the importance of education, right. or the importance of youth development, or the the importance of of, of having a diverse, inclusive society? And that's what we embody. Well, let's let's do a little archaeology just for fun. Um, <laughs> uh, I won't say the age, but I'm old enough. I'm old enough to remember <laughs> the actual creation of TV Ontario some 51 years ago, I think. At that time, it was progressive conservative Premier Bill Davis. He brought it into being, and he was, I think, he, I mean, you, you would have loved this guy. Uh, Bill Davis was, a, you know, a premier driven by education, by the education agenda. Okay, so that's one progressive conservative premier, um, the founder of TV Ontario in a sense. But a couple of years ago, uh, the progressive conservative government of Premier Ford, on top, top of a budget freeze since 2015, 
was looking for a $2 million or 4.5% cut to TVO. So has that changed? You're sounding optimistic. Are you more optimistic than perhaps your predecessors were at TVO as a public broadcaster? Has, has, are you confident of solid government support for your budget going forward? I think the reason why you hear the enthusiasm in my voice is is not just out of passion, but it's out of co- conviction yep. and out of commitment. Um, I think that, um, I, like I said, I'm I'm very assured that we serve a, a unique we serve a unique role within Ontario, and uh, and I think that unique value proposition is is going to to maintain us. I think at the end of the day. The government is intent on um, equity uh, of access to education, and we are one of those providers of it. And I think we are the premier provider of remote online learning. And so that environment is not shrinking. It's only growing. There's, you know, what we found during the pandemic is is more of a need and, and if anything, an accelerated pace of change and and an amplified need for um, premium remote educational products um, to be accessible to as many Ontarians as possible and ideally all of Ontario. No matter where you live, no matter what socioeconomic strata you, you're you're involved in, no matter what your circumstances are, I mean, and and that I believe is the goal of the government, and that's why you know I feel very very confident that TVO is in a good place right now, particularly you know with our new expanded mandate going forward to really focus on on creating educational premium educational products and to be both. Um, education or in curriculum um, based and also curriculum related. So we'll be doing things like documentaries and having a teacher guide to it, um, blending the 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 um, the uh, current affairs um, matters with um, with an in classroom application and making sure that. Uh, that educators, uh, teachers are, are, are aware that there are in-classroom applications as well as out-of-classroom applications for the content that, that we create. So we're going to be very intentional about those things as well. Okay. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit, maybe get a little bit personal with, uh, with Jeffrey Orridge here. Um, you have done some gobsmackingly cool things in your past, <laughs> so, so I'll just, I'll just, that's for the record, you know, but, but, you know, most people would think that heading up a provincial public broadcaster is not a job with an abundance of glamour. I mean, it's, it's probably much sexier to be head of something like Netflix or Amazon prime or Disney plus, you know, and frankly, those are entities that are looking to eat the lunch of a lot of smaller players, uh, perhaps even TVO, TVO. Uh, we've, we've talked about a few of the challenges facing TV Ontario. And, and when you look back at this, I mean, I, I have to call it a pantheon of incredible roles you played. Where does TVO fit in that impressive pantheon in terms of, you know, the job satisfaction you're feeling and personal fulfillment? You know, for me, it was the next logical step. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, and, and when you describe, you know, sexy jobs, I think, sexy is as sexy does right? <laughs> and, and, and it really is about what you have passion for 
right? I've always had a passion for social impact. Every opportunity that I've had, whether it was with USA Basketball or Reebok or or Canadian Tire or the CFL, there's always been some aspect of it that I wanted to contribute to the social good and and doing something that is that that impacts our society positively. So this is a direct application for me. Um, so you know, I, I think my opportunity, the blessings that I've had to be able to take my experience in in marketing and licensing and brand development and and law and operations, um, whether it be in technology or not for profits or or uh, sports or entertainment or media, um, to be able to to apply all those experiences to something as powerful as TVO, as an, as an educational entity, as a learning organization, what's better than that at, at this stage in my career? Okay. Right. All right. All right. I'm going to stick with the personal and you did use the word experience. So, uh, here I go with something that, uh, I am just, again, really curious about. Did you really grow up around the corner from Malcolm X in Queens, New York? I did. I did. And as a matter of fact, I remember very pointedly when I was a, just a really little boy um, walking around the corner um, within days after his house was firebombed and smelling um, the, the burnt wood and, uh, and, and looking at the, at the charred brick. Um, I do remember that. I remember playing with, with a couple of his kids um, when, when I was a little boy. Um, but yes, I mean, I grew up in East Elmhurst and, uh, you know, it's, in, it's near uh, a small island, um, you know, just south of, of, of Toronto. Um, maybe you've heard of it. It's called Manhattan. Manhattan Island. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, yeah, so I grew up in Queens, New York in East Elmhurst. And, uh, and, you know, I was really fortunate to be in that kind of environment. Harry Belafonte, um, had also lived down the street, uh, from my family at one point, um, you know, people like Willie Mays and, uh, Louis Armstrong lived, you know, in that neighborhood and well, in the neighborhood adjacent to ours, Eric Holder, um, former attorney general of the U S grew up around the corner from me. So, um, I don't know why that pocket of, of Queens and particularly East Elmhurst, you know, has, has been so fortunate to, to, um, have, you know, such prominent, um, African people of African descent, right. you know, emanating from it. But, you know, this, yeah, this, I was there. It's a, what an incredible experience. And, and you, you've got some kind of special relationship to, uh, Shaquille O'Neal too. Well, you know, um, when I was, I was hired by Reebok to, uh, to oversee um, the legal for um, worldwide marketing and, and advertising. And then within six months, I was promoted to director of global sports marketing. And part of that job was to be responsible for all elite athlete endorsement agreements and relationships with the leagues and the teams and, and the athletes of, of all sports. But Shaquille O'Neal was the preeminent athlete at, at Reebok and, uh, and his business, he was to counter Michael Jordan's Nike or yep. Nike's Michael Jordan. And so, um, so I was, 
So that was under my charge as well. So I I developed a relationship with with Shaq very very early on, and and when he was you know just really entering the league. So I've known him for a long long time, and uh, and also you know uh, delivering those size twenty two or twenty three shoes to him <laughs> on occasion, um, as well as as well as working with him on on various you know contractual. Uh, agreements. So um, yeah, he, he's he's just he's he's an incredibly magnanimous person. And I remember him telling me that the things that were most important to him were kids and uh, and and people who were impoverished. Um, and he said that to me as a very young man. And, and you can see with all the things that he's doing, the things that are that are publicized, and, and many of the things that aren't publicized, um, that. This is, you know, one of his guiding, these are one of his guiding principles. Yeah, he's an amazing person, really is. And I, I got to ask, you know, I won't dwell on this, uh, Jeffrey, because I, we could spend an hour on this but subject. But, but Kamala Harris, is she really one of your smartphone contacts, vice president of the United <laughs> States? I mean, I mean. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I, I've, I've known the vice president for, for, for a long time, um, for a very long time. She is the best friend of uh of of my closest cousin um and uh and they you know and she is actually the 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 god mother of uh of my cousin's um children um so we've known each other for a long time that's amazing jeffrey um we're getting pretty close to the end of our time together our cart.ca podcast time together so this is probably, uh, you know, you be the judge, it's your, you know, but this is probably the most important question that I'm going to ask you today. And that is, what the heck have I forgotten to explore? With you today? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, what Bill, you know what, I'm going to tell you, you were one of the most well-researched people that I've had the pleasure of speaking to in a long time. Um, you've clearly covered, uh, I think, just about everything from uh, the importance of TVO um, to Ontario and and I think Canada in general, because we are the only ones who do what we do in terms of using a multimedia platform for um, for for for, uh, for community building, you know, as a as a learning organization, not not as a broadcaster, not as an ed tech company, but really as a learning organization. Um, so you've covered that. I, I think, you know, you've clearly done your research on me and my background. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think there's anything that you've left out. I think the one thing that I would end with is that I think that we should all be much more conscious now of uh, of taking care of each other um, and looking after each other, uh, particularly in light of what's been happening um, you know, from uh, from a, a social um, and civic uh, perspective, as well as a health perspective, and uh, and we just really need to focus on not only looking after ourselves, but looking after each other uh, now more than ever. And uh, and youth is is probably the most. It's always been the most important aspect of of our future but we need to focus on them and take care of their you know do what we can for their mental health and well-being um in addition to their educational needs right i mean they're yep. only going to learn well if they are stable and grounded and and open 
right, and feel safe and secure. Jeffrey, those are very important words. You you had me at the word together. So <laughs> thank you very, very much, Jeffrey Orridge, CEO of TV Ontario. Uh, this has been a very good look at Canada's premier educational broadcaster and media entity and digital entity. And I don't know, I still think you might go global, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, we're a digital learning organization, Bill. There you go. <laughs> And it's been truly a pleasure, a really inspiring get to know with you as as the leader, Jeffrey. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks again, Bill. Have a great day. You too. I'm Bill Roberts for cart.ca. Until next time, folks. Cheers.